Today's episode is brought to you by Diane Kinlaw of Go Prime Mortgage and Jamie Tulak of EXP Realty. Thank you for listening to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit guyswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. All right. Welcome to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Josh. This is the show where we help you get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today? And very excited in this kind of uh, phase one-ish, two-ish reopening to be back in the studio with Josh and with our guest, Keith Ramsey. How are you doing today, Keith? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. We're excited to have you, man, because you are in an industry that is kind of you were essential so you got to stay open absolutely and i imagine you guys kept busy so tell us a little bit about your company yeah so we were the ag commissioner deemed us essential before the governor started lining stuff out right and thank goodness it was it was we were open we were a place to get out of the house everybody was working in their yard it was a healthy environment it's outside right so we've been busier than we've ever been and you've also got a podcast we do Yep, yeah, tell us a little do. bit about that. Yeah, so we we started doing a podcast about a year ago in the garden with Keith Ramsey, mm-hmm. and it's been really good. It's a good way to get information to customers and be out there. Yeah, so your garden supply company, right? You got a beautiful store. Oh like, yeah, it's amazing out there. Great place to hang out. I always tell people if you have half a day in Cary, just go there. Or Apex, just go there. And you're kind of off the beaten path, so I don't. I think you might not get a lot of road traffic. Right, we don't. Located? It's definitely word of mouth at yeah. more, 1421 Old Apex Road, and it's really in the middle of nowhere in Cary. It's it's dead in the middle of Cary, and yeah, but it's just kind of an odd odd side street. You said something that I thought was interesting last time we were hanging out that you feel that you are helpful for people's mental health during this time. Like you're essential for another reason, which is you, people get an opportunity to get out in their yard and do something with their afternoon, which I found to be very useful for my mental health during this whole lockdown thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a I mean, it's a proven fact that the gardening is good for your mental health. Your serotonin levels spike and go through the roof when your when your hands touch soil for the first time, and then taking anything from bare ground to, right. to an improvement is is obviously just visually, mentally, yeah. relationally. Yeah, exactly. I I got to uh, listen into one of your podcasts recently and found out what I did wrong and why I killed all those plants I put in my front yard about three weeks ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, and you know, and that's the thing with the podcast is it's weighted to get information. I mean, there's things that I've said in my life. 10,000 times or 100,000 times to each individual customer how to plant a plant or, or why soil soil amendments are really make a difference. It's nice to be able to say it one time and yeah. hof- hopefully have 100 yeah. people or, I, or I five people listen to it. I appreciate your format too because like the episode I got to sit in on, it was how to plant an annual bed and it's maybe a 10-minute podcast and you can just listen to it while you're doing the thing. Mm. And I liked your advice. You should be able to do this in the time it takes you to drink a cocktail. Right, yeah, absolutely. That's yep. like the perfect thing. Like yep. you head out to the garden <laughs> supply store, you do what you want to do, you listen to the podcast for instructions while you do it, and enjoy a drink. Like, yeah. That's a great way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so why did you get into owning a nursery, owning a supply um, I think it was child abuse. My, my, pa- <laughs> my uh, parents... Very common answer for yeah. business owners. <laughs> <laughs> my parents used to, uh, I mean, they would force us to work in the yard as a kid, picking up acorns or planting plants or spreading mulch or whatever it was. And as much as I hated it then, I think it, I just I just grew into loving it. 
and I was an oddity that that uh, very early on that's what I wanted to do. And and then my parents told me that horticulture wasn't a career; it was a hobby. So uh, you know, once they told me that I couldn't do it, then it was it was all on. Right. How big is your place out there? It's a large facility. It, it's a it, it's about five acres. And it's an interesting scenario from a retail standpoint because, like, when you go to get a, a garden center approved for the, with the town, it's something that they don't really understand because they're used to measuring square footage in a building and yeah. trying to figure that out. But we're retailing inside and outside. Is your whole space zone commercial then? It is. Wow. Yeah. So you can retire whenever you want. Just sell that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a it's lo- it's a long postage stamp, cheap piece of land. <laughs> You back you back I up. Better against, keep working. Yeah, you back up against a pretty main road though, right? Like, isn't sixty four behind you? Yeah. So well, it, so old Apex Road used to be US one. So before sixty four and one came in, that was the main drag through there. So if you go on down one and you know right the the property that's right next to us, we use as a community garden now. But that that used to be the the carry inefficiency. It was carry in efficiency. And, uh, <laughs> and it, <laughs> uh, but it, it was uh, it was a kind of a sketchy place, um, right? Yeah, but it was an old it was an old hotel motel. So it was. It was a, I have customers come all the t- in all the time that said, when we first got married, we stayed there, or when we would go to an NC State game, we would stay there. Um, in the later in the latter years, I don't think many of our friends and family were staying there. But they finally they they took that down. But but that was the main drag. It was it was US one all yeah. the way through. So many of us were told by our parents to do crap in the yard often, and I think our attitudes probably weren't. You know, yeah, I'm gonna turn this into my life profession. I mean, what right. what motivated you? Like, what is it about gardening? That, um, so- I like propagating plants. I like growing plants. Um, I like the design aspect of it. It's figuring out the science behind it kind of what drives me they would have monkey grass or liriope you know probably the most common plant on earth they had it bordering every bed in their yard and growing up and then i would divide that and and pot it up and take it to the local nursery and sell it to them and i sold them i sold them a bunch and then realized i didn't have any pots left so the next next batch i sold them i said look i still want a dollar a pot but you got to give me pots to replace the pots that I give you. So, <laughs> you know, so he would give me the pots, I'd fill them up and bring them back and sell them to him. Mm. And that was at 13 or something, you know. So I was, I'd, I'd turn around and make $500 selling 500 plants. I'm like, this is not a bad gig. Yeah, for a 13 year old. Right, exactly. Like running an empire. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what a horticulture story this is. I mean, you have a lifetime of this. Yeah, I really, I, I honest to God do. I'm like, it, it's, it's the oddest scenario ever. When I went to school, I'm like, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Every class I was in or everything I was thinking about doing, it's like, how is that going to, you know, turn out? This so way? then how did it turn into a business? I, I started a business with the garden center that I sold plants to. I worked for them from 13 or 14 on through college and then uh, started a landscape company with them. You know, I went get too young to have a business and kind of not enough knowledge and not enough. I wasn't settled down enough. So I did that for three or four years through college and shut that down and then went to work for a company and gained some experience. And in my, so when we, when I moved to, to Raleigh, I actually moved down here with the company I was working for in Richmond and Virginia beach. And then my goal was to open up a garden center in Cary and two attorneys opened, opened it up for me. And within about three months, they were going through a divorce 
and they had to, they had spent two years putting it together, putting the putting the infrastructure together, finding the land. And so what I had decided to do was I said, if I can't build a garden center, I'll just associate myself with the new garden center. So I had gone in and I was helping them out. I would do their deliveries. I'd do their consultation, their design. And three months later, they were basically being foreclosed on. And I was able to work it out with BB&T to pick wow. it up. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was, so it you was, came here knowing that you wanted to do a garden center in Cary. Yep. Yeah. What was it? Well, about, what was it about? Carrie? I always wanted to build a garden center. It was, it, I came here because Carrie was just so green and so clean. I mean, oh, I would, man. yeah, I would <laughs> the drive. The trees here are crazy. Yeah. I would drive down Weston Parkway when Bland did Weston Parkway years ago. And it was just, I mean, it was like Disney World. I mean, everything, there wasn't a leaf out of place. Everything was perfect. And Carrie especially is very proud of their trees. Like my daughter is in a choir and they sang at a, like a tree thing where the town was celebrating how good we are at trees, trees. basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's the honest to God truth. I mean, people people talk about how hard it is to find anything in Cary, and it's the truth. I mean, is, the, yeah. the, the gas stations are set back, and the the, the buffer zones, and right. you just don't. There's not many places in the country that there's a thirty foot buffer on the front of a property. And after you get used to it, it's great. But I remember when I first moved here from Michigan, where like every six feet was a giant billboard and a thirty foot tall McDonald's sign, so you knew where everything was right. from a mile away. It was a little bit frustrating. It's yeah. Like, or it was a little bit like an adventure. You'd get off in an expressway and you're like, oh, there's a whole other town here. Yeah. Like, it just looked like it was nothing <laughs> when you drive all the way through other than like if you pop down 40 and it's your first time in town, the first thing you really see is the skyline. Everything else is so set back and behind trees that it just looks like it's this tiny little suburban neighborhood until you pick an exit and you get off and it's like, oh, there's a whole thing here. Right, exactly. It's pretty amazing. So tell me a little bit more about I know that people that are passionate about their trade, their skill, they invest all the time. That, that's you. You learned botany when you were 13. That's not normal. But you're <laughs> excited to, to figure out how plants work and stuff, and it's always been a passion. What was the learning curve like from going from, awesome, I get to do my passion, to now I'm running a company, which a lot of people feel like that's a whole different thing. Like, oh, I yeah, absolutely. I didn't sign you up know, for that thing. It, it, it was, it's pretty funny because when, when, when I was 14, 15 years old, the owners of the garden center gave me the keys because they would go out for dinner and drinks right. on Friday and they never, they would, they would be late to, to get there and open perks up. of owning a garden center. Yeah. So, like- they'd, so they'd be, they'd come in at like 10 <laughs> o'clock and there'd be a hundred cars there. So I said to him, I'm like, give me the key so I can open it up and sell stuff. I literally, when I was a kid, I would open the door, open the cash registers and I'd be ringing stuff when they showed up in the morning so I had, I had experience in, in that from that respect. I mean, opening and closing a store and, and selling plants. When we opened, you know, I'd gone down to BB&T and I'd, I gave them a business plan and pitched it. And they said, we don't, I'm not going to, I've got 10% to put down or 20% to put down, but I, I, I'm like, that would be all my money. So I said, I really need to put zero down. And the banker told me, that he said, there's no way that's going to happen. And I'm like, well, who makes a decision? What, you? what year was this? This was in 96. 96, okay. Yeah, and he said, well, That's my boss. back when they were giving money to everybody. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah, and he said, I said, who makes the decision? And he said, my boss. And I said, where's your boss? And he said, he's on the 17th floor. And I'm like, well, he needs to be down here reading my business plan. And he said, well, I basically read through everything, and then I'll send it to him. And I'm like, is he here today? I'm like, get him down here. So he came down, and he's looking through the business plan. He's like, what's a staying in business auction? I'm like, well, you've heard of going out of business auctions. And he said, yeah. And I, and I said, well, it's a staying in business auction is the same thing, but you just use the money from the auction to stay in business. And he's like, give him the loan. 
Yeah, that was the that that was the that, <laughs> sold right there. It was it so was, part of your plan was to sell off a lot of the assets so that you could stay in business. Right, we had a bunch of stuff that we did not want to carry moving forward, yeah. and then you always have scratch and dent and broken pots and and rusted iron and you know and it's just the nature of the garden center business. My thing was we'll get into the first season and we'll have an auction and it, and it'll be like a party. You know? I mean, we'll have put up a tent and we'll have have drinks and we'll have food and. And we'll invite everybody over and, and it'll be an auction and the stuff will sell for whatever it sells for. But then right. that, that was how we were going to, that was the way how we were going to fund the garden center. You That's know? awesome. So you have this big facility out there and it's, it's gore. It's fun to walk around. There's all kinds of different, it's a fun store to shop. In. It's not a big box feel. Like it's not like you're walking around Lowe's. Right. It's the kind of thing where it's like, if you just wanted to browse and shop and hang out, you'd yeah. want to go over there. Yeah. It's almost like a, it's, it's kind of like a park slash shopping experience and yeah. it's, it's big and fun to walk through. What kind of things do you do to kind of maximize that space? Do you guys have a lot of events? Do you do classes? We do. do we do? do classes and workshops. We do events. What's yeah. the strangest thing you guys sell that you think that people are surprised that you sell? We sell all kinds of stuff. We do a lot of salvage stuff. We'll go out and we just, you see on American pickers. I mean, we go out with two or three box trucks and we'll hit a place and we're buying salvage architecture pieces, old windows, doors, anything that you could you could find on Pinterest, driftwood. We sell piles and piles of driftwood. All different types that. of reasons. Missed that part. It yeah. was sold out when you were there. Yeah, probably. sold out. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go visit my sister in South Carolina, I'm like, how big of a piece of driftwood can I take off this beach without <laughs> right. somebody noticing me? It's like, <laughs> Well, now that you have a big truck, you can do that, Joe. <laughs> but you kind of have this fear in you. Like, I probably shouldn't be taking this giant piece of driftwood. <laughs> But I kind of want it. <laughs> I kind of want it. You have chicks in there now. I noticed we do. We you know, one of my guys came to me during the during the yeah. chickens. All yeah. kinds of chicks. chicks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, this is not just for men. Yeah, well, it's a great <laughs> place for everyone. <laughs> the chicks are why the men like to <laughs> wander right. around. I mean, yeah, yeah. We have chicks and beer. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, do you have beer? We do have beer. We we've partnered with Bond Brothers. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I have not so, been there in a long time, and I need to go back. Yeah. So we keep a keg there, so that when there's a guy that's not interested in gardening, we try to get them interested in gardening. You know, I oh find that gosh. there are very few times in life where I enjoy a cold beer any more than like after mowing the lawn or after doing some kind of manual labor in the yeah. lawn. Like that's like the best time. Oh yeah. For yeah. a cold beer. And, not like a really heavy one either, you know, yeah. like a light. Yeah, like a local. Like <laughs> yeah, a like local, a local, like something a local, local. I, IPA. Yeah, my seven-year-old loves to go there not only for the. I thought you were going to say my seven-year-old loves local IPA. <laughs> no, now I know another reason for for me to be there and let him explore. He likes to make a game of finding the cat. Yeah, he loves the cat. Yeah, exactly. That cat's that cat's money. Sweet cat. Yeah, I mean, you guys got like a celebrity cat. He's we, like the Where's Waldo yeah. of the yeah. garden supply. And there's company. people. There's people that just come in. You were talking about people coming in and wandering around like it's a park, right? That's one of my favorite things. I mean, people are like, when I'm stressed out, yeah, I like to just come over here and just wander around. And they got no intention of buying anything necessarily, mm -hmm. but they just they just need to unwind. They need to get out. They need retail therapy. Right. They come out and just wander around. But there's With people that also just come out just to see the cat. 
that can't have a cat at their house or that don't want a cat at their house. Yeah, don't want I should let my kids go see the cat because I don't want a cat, and yeah. that's a great plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, let me know when you go because I want to go. Hey, somewhere here there's a we cat. <laughs> Pretend it's yours. You got an hour. Let's go. So, <laughs> And for the men, there's a cold beer waiting for you. You got to know who to ask. That's what I'll do. So the new thing that, that we've, we found uh, fool's gold in, in all the granite that's in the past, the walkways. So okay. When, so when kids come in and they're, they're bored, I'm bored. I want to go home. I'm like, there's fool's gold right on the ground. And then you now you see these kids wandering around, <laughs> and it just comes from the core. You just it's got like nice little blocks of fool's gold yeah. in, in the in the granite. So I would have it's to imagine my thirteen year old and most thirteen year olds would not have the love of horticulture that you had as a young man. Right. <laughs> my daughters yeah. would be that'd be one of those stories we walk in and they'd be like, "Can we go? Yeah. Like, what are yeah, we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said it. <laughs> you said it was only going to be a few minutes. We've been here for two <laughs> seconds. That's the way my kids feel about every store that I like. That's what I've come to realize. Every funny. store that I want to. There's no interest from them. Yeah. All right. As a business owner, how long has the garden supply company been in business? We've been here. We've been around 23 years. 23 years. Yep. And so what are some of the things that you think are the key ingredients for the staying factor when there are so many businesses, brick and mortars that are struggling in the age of Amazon? Like you're one of the few, like Amazon doesn't really compete with you, right? They right. might sell seeds, but yeah. they're not bringing a tree to your house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Amazon actually has started shipping a lot of plants, but you're going to get oh, a plant. You? You're going to get a plant that's about the size of your thumb. And it's been in a cardboard box right. thrown around been, the exactly. back of a truck. Yeah. It's, 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 not, <laughs> it's not a smart way to buy plants. When I, when I look online, I'm like, I wish we could sell all our plants at that, <laughs> at that price. I mean, you're paying three or four times the price with the shipping, and then you're going to end up with a plant that's just tiny. That's not a, not something that's a landscape plant. So you know, we've uh, probably the thing that differentiates us is we're we're a, a true landscape nursery. We stock lots of plants, mm-hmm. so and we keep them in stock twelve months out of the year. So a lot of people get into plants in the spring season and then get out in the, in the summer, and then they'll get back into the fall for a little bit. In North Carolina, you can plant for twelve months out of the year, so there's no the ground's never never too frozen to plant. It, and planting in the winter time is an amazing time to put stuff in the ground. The, the top of the plant's dormant. The, the the roots will continue to grow 12 months out of the year. So your roots get established before summertime. So we stock a, a huge quantity of plants. So that that's different. I hadn't considered that. Like every time I'm planting something in the yard, I'm sweating profusely because it's 95 degrees out. I'm always doing it in the middle of summer. Summer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, when the temperature's 50 degrees, you're not going to break a sweat. Yeah. You know? And then the other thing is the people. I mean, we have 60 people on staff. Really? So, yeah. And like Chip Ford has been with me 22 years. Um, they, a lot of our people have been there. Kitty Maz, our, our general manager, has been there 15 years. So there's there's a lot of knowledge. In, when we basically hire for passion more than knowledge, and then that passion is just when you've got the passion for plants or for people or for retail, yeah, the the knowledge comes really quick. I mean, you just you soak it all up. Yeah. That's um, interesting, too. Yep. Make note of for this, yeah. That's a lot of that's a lot of staff. Do you have a lot of summer workers? Is it like mostly yeah, college? Well, like, what's we, your so we your, so we your... slow down during the summertime, but we probably probably one of the coolest things I've done over the years is taught you know a half a million kids work ethic. Yeah. It's, we'll start with. I mean, we, we, how young we, do you guys hire? Fourteen. 
Oh, so you're like you're like the competition for your Chick-fil-A young person right. job out exactly. here. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And we try to really push kids. I mean, we push them hard. Parents will come in like, I'd love my kid to work here. And I'm like, well, maybe <laughs> because we're brutal. I mean, it's, yeah. we, we stay within the law. And that's. But I, I mean, we push them as hard as we can push them. One of our things is we're paying you by the hour. So when you're moving from one place to the other, we want you to run. <laughs> it's a little bit like it's army. A, it's a five it's a, acre thing. Yeah. So. And the kids that run that actually buy into that are the ones that end up to be aerospace engineers. And I mean, the number of kids that we've run through here that you that are out there in the world, you know, doing amazing things or, yeah. you know, much larger than gardening. That's awesome. That but, is a big deal. Yeah. But that's kind of fun. That's it's fun, and probably one of the more rewarding things, and probably one of the more frustrating things. I mean, kids come in, they don't, they don't even know how to find the bathroom, and you get them oriented, and you figure out which ones are going to work, and you turn some over, and and then you train the rest, and and uh, you've got them for about four years, and then they move on to bigger and better things. Jo- yeah, Josh and I are big fans of our area. And one of the things that I think is cool about Cary and Apex and the surrounding area around here is you really get some very cool, like small business, local business things that, that pop up. Yeah. And you have been doing this for two plus decades now. What do you think would be some advice you would give to somebody that's just starting out in our area, starting a small business? It's, it's to start with, I mean, I think if you're going to start a business, it's like, I always, I always t- try to talk people into jumping into it. It's, you know, when you've got the right attitude and the You're not right, a toe dipper. No, it's like <laughs> dive in, dive in head first, and then you got to figure it out. And that's the way I've always done things. I've got six or seven different ventures and I'll jump in head first and, and take the consequences. And then, and then you just have to make it happen. Probably the key to the way I manage and the things that I do are hiring the right people, people that are enthusiastic and have a great attitude. And then I get out of their way. I have meetings with people about what do you think we should do with this area? Not this is what we're going to do with this area, but what do you think we should do with this area or what direction do you think we should go? And once they come up with a good idea on their own, then I just get out of the way. Um, And it allows me to walk in and out of my business without ever being there. I mean, I don't have to be there. I can leave. I left five days ago and came back last night and I didn't tell anybody I was going. And everything functions because everybody does their thing and they love doing it because it's their idea. It's, I don't come up with the ideas. I just create the environment and they come up with their own ideas. And when it's their own idea and they jump in head first too, it's like, and it's like a big, fairly happy family. One thing I noticed about when people answer the question about like hiring and bringing on people and you said, we look for passion. We look for, it's, that's another way of saying culture. Yeah. People that are people that prioritize that often understand that it's the most valuable thing that their company has yeah. is their is their culture. Yep. So it's usually like an act of protection. Like, of course, I'm going to find somebody that's going to fit here, right? Because they could screw that up, and right. everybody would not like their job. And I like my job, and I really like so no, for sure. I mean, it's the scariest thing about being in business. I think is that our staff and our team has been so perfect over the years that you're like, if this goes wrong. It could be, I mean, it could be the end of the company. Right. So you're always trying to figure out how's, what do we got to do next to make sure that everybody's happy and everybody's working, working well together. And the staff kind of does that on their own. When you bring somebody in and they don't fit. Right. It's, 
they, they get moved out pretty quick, you know, it's because they, it's just not, a, it's, it's such a good team scenario. If, if I were to ask you to describe the culture that you've built over there, how would you describe it? I don't know how I would describe the culture. <laughs> it's much like a family. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, I mean, there's always people that don't get along and there's, they, that have different opinions, but we all work towards that common goal and, and everybody's passionate about plants and everybody's passionate about people. We tend to have operations people that aren't maybe as, as passionate about the people end of it. And we push them really towards the operations end of it, towards the buying and the, and the managing the operations right. and the, but the people that are passionate about, about plants and passionate about people are the people that are out there selling plants to you. And the thing that's, that's key about that is that plants are like puppies a little bit. I mean, it's like, if you don't get the right instruction, the thing might not live. So, you know, the, poop on your favorite rug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want, the, you want the advice going in or, or it's just not going to be a successful experience. And especially when it's a new gardener, they, if they come out and they put something in the ground and it doesn't live, they're just not going to be that happy with it. Yeah. That has been my experience of gardening my entire life. <laughs> yeah, Really? I put something in the ground and then I slowly wait for it to die. die. And I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to start listening more to your podcast <laughs> and figure out a little about what I'm doing wrong. Cause I don't think it's that hard. Like I think it's science-based yeah. and there's a way to do it, but I've never dug in and been like, I know there's a right time of year to plant stuff, but I don't know right. that, right. like what it is. Like I yeah. know that I should know it, but I've never really dug in. It's just not something I've dug into. But I think it partly is my age and partly is, I don't know, but now I'm starting to get more excited about that. Like I would really like my lawn to look nice and I would rather do it myself because that's my personality type than, than hire somebody and come out to have it all done for me. But I don't know. I kind of ride the fence on that. I kind of think well, that'd be nice too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what we do with, you were talking about lawns, what we do that with lawns is a lot of times we'll sell somebody a package of for the lawn for the whole year. Right. And then we just take a Sharpie and we write on it. The the one through four lawn program, none of them work for our area. So if you go with, go to a Scott's one, two, three, four, they're for oh, they're the, for, the stuff that comes in the bag. Yeah. Like do this first, yep. this second. Exactly. Yeah. They're all for up north. Or, Is that because they're freaking trees? No, I mean, <laughs> it, it's just a, the climate. We're like, we're in a transition zone between warm season grass and cool season grass. And so if you pick the right grass and you pick the right program, you can make it work fairly well lawn in in general in our area is tough though because right. we're in that transition zone it's too warm for fescue too cold for warm season grass so really no matter which one you pick it's going to be a little bit of a struggle but but what we do is we mix up we mix up a program that works for you with the products that we have and then we'll just we'll just label them so september october no, december so yes that, like paint by number right exactly like yeah exactly our title sponsors for this show are Diane Kinlaw and Jamie Tulak. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or wish to refinance, why not seek the counsel of a friend who happens to know the triangle housing market better than the back of her hand? As your local lender, Diane Kinlaw knows how important this area is to you because it's her home too. That's why she's made it a goal not to just be the best loan officer around, but a community leader supporting small businesses with referrals and networking events and supporting local charities with frequent fundraisers. If you're looking to move to Holly Springs or the surrounding area, or maybe interested in a refinance to lower your term or rate, Diane offers a wide array of programs to fit your family's needs. Let her be a part of your path home. A home doesn't have to be a dream. Let Diane make it a reality. 
You can contact us at www.goprime.com and search for Diane or call 919-624-9541. GoPrime Mortgage Incorporated, company NMLS number 69551. Diane Kinlaw, NMLS number 1600777. GoPrime is an equal housing opportunity lender. Today's show sponsor, Jamie Tulak of eXp Realty, has a passion for serving clients and nearly a decade of industry experience as a top producing realtor and designer. Jamie Tulak of eXp Realty will help you reach your real estate goals. Whether you're buying, selling, investing, or renting in today's market, having an experienced real estate expert working for you is crucial. And don't forget to ask her about her hometown heroes credit for military, police, firefighters, teachers, and medical providers. Contact Jamie Tulak today at 559-707-1913. That's 559-707-1913. MRP certified. Here's what frustrates me about my lawn, and I'd love to pick your brain about this. So I got large trees. I got mm-hmm. a sweet gum tree in the top, which brings those little spiky balls oh, yeah. of doom mm-hmm. that all over my driveway that are fun to step on. Yep. And then I got another one of those in the back. And then I've got really big oak trees. I'm talking like 75 foot tall. Right. So I got a couple of those and then like probably six pines. Yeah. So uh, like raking is always a nightmare. But under it, I've grown this delightful collection of, I wouldn't call it grass as much as weeds and moss right. that uh, <laughs> that covers my entire lawn. My neighbor has the same trees. His, his lawn is awesome. So I know it's not the problem with the dirt. I know it's not. Yeah, so it's shade. I mean, plants or grass is a weed for a tree and, and vice versa. So it's right. the two of them don't really work that well together. But the, fi- the, the, the key is figuring out where the lawn's going to grow. And you can usually look at a lawn and, and you can see where it starts to die out and brown out. And then define that define that area outside of the drip line of the tree or slightly inside of the drip line of the tree. And then really work hard on the lawn that's that you can grow where you're getting enough sun and there's not an, and there's not competition for, for moisture. Yeah. So what about I got a question for you now that we're talking about trees. So some of my trees have these roots that grow all over the lawn and they just kind of pop up and can you knock the can you cut those out with an axe without hurting the tree? Anything you do is going to is going to have some effect on the tree. But is that like asking like if you chop off my finger would that have an effect on Well, it, it's kind of <laughs> a little, yes, that's a like little that bit. You don't need this. Just uh. you're going to have to you're going to have to point with your middle finger, which might get you in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> make life more interesting. <laughs> I mean, trees live if you trim the roots. The key when you are trimming roots is to uh, cut roots, clean cut, and then typically the, the tree will push out new roots. So you can you can root prune a tree and, and not have any effect. Concrete driveways are always one where you get a big oak root that goes underneath the concrete driveway and it lifts the, lifts right. the driveway out. You can go along the edge and you can actually cut all those roots and the driveway will set back down over. Oh, really? Because the root will die. Right. Over a five or 10 year period. I mean, the, the, the driveway a, sets back down and, and a, it's not the gonna, definition of delayed gratification. Right. Exactly. Like, I'm going to get my driveway fixed. Yeah. Chop, chop. I'll see yeah. you in six years. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to do any that much damage to the tree by taking out one or two roots. But the more, more damage you do, the more, the, the larger chance you're going to have disease mm-hmm. or something like that. So of all the stuff that you guys sell in your store, obviously you're passionate about um, horticulture and plants and, and helping people out. And and I, I get from you from doing the podcast and just from talking to you that you love to share your knowledge. Sure. Uh, but at the same time, like you have so much knowledge that it's probably hard to like just strike up a conversation. It's probably the last thing you want to do is strike up a conversation about plants. Right. But you probably, would you rather somebody just ask you a specific question and be like, oh, let me help you with that? 
Yeah. So of yeah, the yeah. questions that come in then, what's your favorite thing to help people with? Like what's the thing that people are always doing wrong that's so easy to fix where you like you like it to be the superhero when you tell people, oh, yeah, don't do that. Do this. It's probably soil based. And, and it was interesting because we, I had spent the weekend with my son and, and he's at NC State. Um, not really interested in horticulture yeah. or, or not really interested in, in the garden business. And so what do you, what are you thinking? What, are you, what direction are you going to go in? He said, soil science. And I'm like, really? <laughs> 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 kind of caught me off guard, but, but soil science is, is extremely interesting to me in that it's like when we talked about annual planning and, and, and planning containers, the soil is, is the key to really good soil. And, and, and getting the fertility right is the key to success. And then getting the light right, like we were just talking about grass. The further you get underneath that oak tree, the drier it's going to be. So, that, so you don't have the you don't have the, the water, and then and then the the less sunlight you have, so the so the plant just starts to decline. But teaching people how to get their soil right. Somebody used to used to, people used to say, you know, dig a twenty dollar hole and plant it to plant a ten dollar plant and. That's not the case at all. I mean, it's it's cheap. We we sell a soil conditioner that's the cheapest soil conditioner out there, and it's just it's one of the best thing products to put in the ground. It's I dumped out a bag of Miracle Grow potting soil the other day, tree tree and shrub planting soil that was ten dollars next to our soil conditioner, and it's much better soil. But it's a five dollar soil versus a ten dollar soil, and it's the but they're going to do the exact same thing basically but teaching people how to how to amend the soil understand the soil and then understand the heights of the plants and and just how to be successful getting a plant in the ground somebody right. like yourself yeah. consistently had a bad yeah you want your customers plant to live so that they're excited about planting stuff so sure. that they come back. Yeah. I mean, you're invested. And no it's downside just, and for it, you helping and people and giving and it, them all the information. Yeah. And it's not a, <laughs> and it's not a money thing. It's just a, you, I mean, the last thing I want to do is sell somebody something. I mean, I try to talk people out of plants a lot of times. Right. What is the have. plant that everybody always wants that you shouldn't plant here? <laughs> I mean, Leyland Cypress, and we're finally done with it, I think. But Leyland Cypress for years, I mean, the, the entire time we were open or Bradford Pears, I mean, you know, people would come in and they're like, I need a Bradford pear. I'm like, why do you want a Bradford pear? Well, my neighbor has one that's beautiful and it blooms. I'm like, okay, well, it's, it's, it's a disaster of a tree. You know, your neighbor's going to figure that out soon, but <laughs> they split. They're poorly engineered as, as the plant. All the, all the limbs come to one, one piece on the tree, and, and as soon as you get weight on it or wind, they, they split in half. Leyland cypress, there are all kinds of issues with them. But people would come in, and that's what they want because they see them all over the place. They're going to follow what the neighbors did. So talking people out of plants like that is is rewarding. What do you think is the, the biggest bang for your buck as far as it's a beautiful tree that grows well here that you wish more people would be interested in when they come in and they're like, I want this crazy idea. You know, it's, this is a fairly common tree, but two of the cherries that, that are early spring cherries, Mokami cherry, which is a big oval cherry that fits our fits our landscapes really well. It's taller than it is wide. And then a Yoshino cherry which is the first sign of spring. Basically, I always say when you see these clouds of white, it's a pink bud, so it's, it looks like it's going to be pink when it opens, and then it turns white. But it's a beautiful tree. I mean, that's it's definitely the first sign of spring, I mean, those two trees. Yeah. Has anybody ever come in and asked for a freaking sweet gum? <laughs> so there, there's the fruitless sweet gum. Is there? Yeah. Wouldn't you Can like I to have one? Can I turn my tree into that? <laughs> Wouldn't you is like to have one Is there a way to sterilize there? my there, fruit? There, my sweet there gum actually tree? is a solution to your tree. It's like a shot I can yeah. give it? You, yeah, that's exactly what you have to do. Really? Yeah. All right, you I'm call, coming in. You got to so give you, me this freaking shot. Yeah, so we, don't, so, so we don't do it, but somebody like Davy Tree okay. you know, or, or 
uh, Bartlett tree. They come in and they and they basically inject the tree, yeah. and and it and it shuts sh- sh- it shuts down the fruit if, production. If you're not from the area and you don't know what a sweet gum tree is, and you're like, that sounds nice, sweet gum. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Like it grows spearmint. No, it grows these little like nut shells <laughs> that have that look like Hellraiser, yeah. like that old horror movie. <laughs> yeah. where all these tiny spikes come out of it, and it'll drop about one hundred fifty thousand of them on your yeah. driveway. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. can't, and you literally can't plant anything under a sweet gum. I mean, they, yeah. the the no, it's great. You walk on your lawn and you put these little landmines in it and kill yeah. all the grass that's yeah, there exactly. just by walking. On yeah, your lawn. and you're great. Look, I've got coronavirus <laughs> yeah. all over my lawn. It's like there. a little, yeah, yes. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the coronavirus tree. It's the coronavirus trees. Yeah. yeah. So we do a mushroom workshop every couple couple times a year in for shiitake mushrooms. Ooh, okay. love them. And so that's my favorite part of a, of growing shiitake mushrooms is you grow them on white oaks, red oaks, or gum trees. Oh. So I always go for the gum trees. I'm like cutting down a gum tree to grow shiitake mushrooms is an amazing thing. So if yeah. I ever cut down that sweet gum tree, yeah. which is going to yeah, happen, exactly, you want me to let yeah. you know? Yeah, we just you, know, <laughs> you, save, you save the big logs, and you basically you inoculate the log, and you'll you'll end up with shiitake mushrooms for three or four years. How long wow. does one of those live? Because my tree is like this big that now, big. yeah, and it's starting to do the thing where you can kind of see in it, like yeah. the, like the insides yeah. rotten out. Yeah. It's not going to die. It's not. Mm-mm. Forget That's about not gonna, it. It's not, it's not going to die. Uh, you're you said be, it like the way that I gonna, the way that I meant it is how dead. you answered it. You were like, you're, you're, when you have an annoying dog and you're like, what's their life expectancy? And like, oh, that one? That's like 18 years. Like, Jack, Jack, Jack Russell Terrier? 23 years. They, live, they outlive parrots. <laughs> Oh, man. oh my gosh! Oh, well, that's great yeah. news for my lawn. Okay. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a gum tree at the lake that I thought, well, I'll just girdle the edge of it and let it drop its limbs slowly. It's down near the lake, and I did, and I thought it's not it's 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 on my property. It's, I could have it removed, but it's big and heavy, so I cut an inch piece all the way around the cambium layer of the tree, which would shut any tree down overnight and have it drop its leaves. And I did it during the wintertime because I, I thought, well, that way it won't leaf out. Got this dream. The bald eagles fly all around up there. I'm like, bald eagles always land in dead trees. I'm like, I'm going to create my own dead tree out of a gum tree. <laughs> and I'm going to get pictures of a bald eagle in the tree. Yeah, Long-term plan. But that was a year and a half ago. Uh. And that tree is still laughing at me. Uh. And it's got a hole in the base of it. It's hollow on the uh. inside. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I have since I've since put a, a root and stump killer on the inside of the tree three times. Really? <laughs> and the tree is just a little bit off color. And sometimes at night I can hear it just laughing, just like just like you <laughs> laughed. <laughs> so I have some stumps in my lawn and I feel like I've watched every YouTube video about stump killing. And yep. one of my favorite ones is when people put like a block of thermite. Like is have you ever seen like Thermite's this like this hot burning thing that if you put it on a car, like if you put a bucket of thermite on a car and let the top on fire, it would burn like through the motor down to the ground. Wow. Mm. It's just like the super yeah. hot burning, like burning metal thing. Yeah. And I feel like that would be great. I can't get my hands on thermite. I don't right. know where to buy that. But I had this root and I saw some stuff online and they said pour like your vegetable oil in there and mm-hmm. then wait. And that worked okay for me. But like wait was like a year and a half. Right. Before to, I could really get in there and to do kill the stump, to kill the stump, or just to get it, 
I wanted it gone, and so I've been pouring like vegetable oil in it all the time. If I would cook something, like I'd pour the hot wax in there, like yeah. or the hot grease, like yeah. die, stupid freaking tree stump. Yeah. It's right next to the sweet gum. It's probably a sweet gum root, but anywho, it took like a year and a half, and then like two afternoons of me really getting some serious blisters with an axe to remove that thing. What do you tell people is the best way to remove a root? Well, if you're out in the country, I mean, then you cut a cut a cross in the tree, and then. And then put diesel fuel or something like that on there and light it, and it'll you know, because it you can get air through that cross, it'll it'll burn burn out. So when you say cut a cross in, because I tried burning it, like I tried yeah. burning a, like some, I put like some wood on top, top of, it. of it. You need to you need you need to create edges down in, inside of it. So you take the you just you make an X on the tree down okay. to um, the ball, down yeah, to the base it, of the as deep as as deep as you can get deep into the get. tree without you know hitting hitting uh, rocks and yeah. and soil, but. But then, and then spend then a little bit of diesel fuel and it'll light and it'll, it'll continue to burn because it's got air movement through the, through mm. the center of it. But the, the easiest way to get rid of a stump is to drill four or five holes in the, in the stump and then pile on top of it, something like 10, 10, 10, the cheapest fertilizer you can buy, miracle Grove, anything, but it's, but that breaks that, that there's stumps are full of carbon and microbes break down carbon but they but they need nitrogen. They use the nitrogen to feed off of. So when you add nitrogen to it, you're increasing the, the microbe count, which so is kind of like down. dry rot. Is yep, that what's exactly. up happening? Yep. Oh, I should have thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been easier. <laughs> I felt like just like you were saying about your tree, laughing at you. I kept setting this stump on fire, fire. and yeah. then I put like a bunch of wood on it, and then I let it burn down, and then I go look at it, and the stump was fine. Yeah, it's it, it like, yeah. <laughs> it like it's great. It's like it might as well have been a concrete slab. It's like the bottom of a fire pit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my gum tree is just just slightly off color, but that's it. I actually went back down, and I'm like, maybe I didn't go deep enough. <laughs> and I cut all the way around it again, and that thing is still living. Hmm. So Josh, you, Josh has gotten into birds a lot recently. Do you guys sell like bird feeders and stuff? Like we that do. Really? do. Yeah, we just we just actually put three bird feeders up at, at lake at the lake, and it's amazing how fast up there because there's so many trees and so much wildlife. We put a, a hummingbird feeder up, and there was a hummingbird there, and like 15 minutes later, right. and the same with the birds. The birds just came out of the woodwork. But I, I feed the birds here in Cary, and it's tons of fun. I, 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 I usually tell people that's a, a sign of the times or your age. It's I always felt like my granddad. That's all he talked about. You know, the bluebirds are back, or the cardinals just came back to yeah. the feeders, or whatever it was. I mean, it was like there is a switch I, that goes he, off. Like as a here, teenager, you're like, "Why are you waking me up right now? What are you doing up? Yeah, like you need to shut up." <laughs> and then when you get older, you're like, "Oh, the birds! What a delightful way to wake up!" Yeah, <laughs> that's been my thing in quarantine. It's not Netflix. It's Nest flicks. Just watch yeah. the birds. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's tons of fun. I mean it's it, it's a pet that you don't have to take care of. I mean you feed them when you want to feed them, and otherwise yeah. they're taking care of themselves. But yeah. but watching them fly in and do their thing is Beautiful. yeah yeah it really is. Yeah, we've got a ton of of I mean the yellow finches here. Yeah, always amaze me. And we sell um we sell a tall verbena. And, and I always tell people, if you don't see yellow finches on your verbena, you can bring it back. You'll see hummingbirds on the verbena early, or butterflies, or bees. And then when the seeds start to die and dry out, the yellow finches land on there and they're eating the seed. And so it's this tall, wispy plant that doesn't look like it would support a bird at all. And then all of a sudden you've got like five yellow finches on there at one time pecking away at the seed. So it's selling people stuff like that. It's tons of fun. What's because that What's that called again, Keith? It's a tall verbena. Verbena berryanensis or 
something like that. <laughs> just don't knowing ask, the scientific don't name. Ask, and don't ask me cool how points. to spell it. Yeah. yeah. Nobody knows how to pronounce it. So it's like one of the things you can't pronounce wrong. It's like Serbina Kulibufis. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah you sometimes, sound smart. sometimes we make it up. No, <laughs> who's no. going to correct you at that point? Like, <laughs> yeah. Who's the guy that knows Latin that's going to be like, actually, it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> Verbena. Yep. Yep. Well, that's very cool, man. I think this is a great idea for you to do this weekend is to go to go check out your store. I'm curious, though, how did the last three months of COVID-19 impact your business? It's been a crazy increase in sales. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, what are you guys' hours right now? Did you we didn't add change, hours? We didn't change our hours at all. We left them like they were. A lot of garden centers actually shortened their hours because they couldn't they right. couldn't staff they you know they couldn't create have the staff to to support it. We lost fifty percent of our staff in in a, about a ten day period. People that didn't want their kids to be working at cash register during this. Oh whole, really? So whole you had scenario. you had jobs for people, but people didn't want to be exposed. Right. Exactly. They yeah. Either to. people that were older, people that were immune compromised, people that had grandkids. Okay. Um, that stayed home for for those reasons. So. We went from being fully staffed to about 50% in 10 days and then then turned around and geared it all. And then our sales went through the roof. So we turned around and geared it all back up. And at one point, I've got a great new register person, a girl that works with us, that she'd been there 13 or 14 days. And I said, how how do you think you you got this? She said, probably 85, 90%. I'm like, okay, you're in charge of training, <laughs> and and it and she's done a great job, and she's been there through the whole thing. But but yeah, we we geared back up and we staffed back up. We hired friends and people that had been laid off and geared them up as fast as we could and uh, just rolled through it. But 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 extending the hours, you know, I mean, extending the hours probably would have been a good idea as far as maintaining distance. But we really didn't have too many issues with it. You right. know, we got the space out there. Yeah, you guys, you said you had like five and a half acres, so I'm sure social distancing is not that tricky. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think we figured with the number of parking spaces we had, 2,000 square feet a person. Often when I roll through that road that you guys are off of on a weekend or whatever, people are just parked down on the street. Like, it seems like you run out of parking quite often. Yeah, most of the parking on the street is actually employees. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> leaving just, leaving space for customers, but it, it, it always... People always think it's it's customers out there, and then we'll have customers that park out there and walk in. But did, we we tend we tend to have enough parking. Did you find that the increase in customers during COVID were looking for a certain kind of thing, trying to grow their own vegetables or uh, something like that? So veggies, we sold. Um, we bought uh, and we went heavy with veggies really early this year. People come in, they start coming in as soon as we, we have a warm day. They wanted a tomato plant, and they want a specific tomato plant. And so April fifteenth is our last freeze date, and we can just can consistently tell people you know you're better off if you just wait until april 15th but march 10th i planted tomatoes and you know i don't i i tell people not to plant them but then i'll go and do the exact opposite because i want to if there's a chance i can get a tomato ahead of somebody else you know and just have <laughs> bragging rights i want to do it so i i, I decided i was going to order every tomato you could get and and go ahead and have them early and we would just put them on racks and bring them in and out if they got cold we sold. Did you do that in anticipation or you thought people are no, going to want to grow I, stuff? It was just people, we had already had people asking for tomatoes the beginning of March. Yeah, and I'm like, let's like just, thing. I was like, let's just get them. And that way people will have what people want. They want them early. They don't mind moving them in and out or covering them up like myself. So we got what I figured was a month's worth of tomatoes and we sold out of them in one weekend. 
Wow. And and it never stopped. Like we sold out of soil, uh, seasons worth of six months worth of soil. We sold out of in a month, and and we just kept reordering, and things got harder and harder to get. But but everybody wanted to grow their own veggies, right? Which was which was fun because I mean it gets kids involved in gardening. People know where their food comes from. I don't really want more than one person to touch my lettuce, and if it can be me, <laughs> that's even better. You know, I mean, lettuce is a it's got to be touched. Yeah, to I mean, it really does in some form or fashion. There's not machines harvesting it. So mm. when you're growing your own stuff, you know what it was fertilized with and you know how it was and grown and what was what it was sprayed with or what it wasn't sprayed yeah. with. So I grew up, my mom and dad are both big tomato eaters and growers, and, yeah. and I got into growing <laughs> Sounds my like tomatoes. a terrible cut down. You big old tomato eater. Big old tomato eater. <laughs> 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 then you watch movies like The, the, the Killer Tomatoes, remember yeah, that. Yeah. But uh, what's your favorite tomato, and how do you like to eat tomatoes? Um... You know, German Johnson, probably, um, Better Boys, uh, my granddad grew tomatoes, and, and same thing. It was like he's watching the birds are growing tomatoes. And, I was going to say red. Yeah, and was- be- <laughs> and Better Better Boys was al- always his favorite tomato. So for, for that reason, it's that's, that's the one I always grew, and it's a great tomato. German Johnson, Celebrity, Mortgage Lifter, some of those are, yeah. What's the big difference in tomatoes? I mean, there's so many different You know, it's, it's color, size, shape. You know, I like some of the... German Johnsons are some of the, you know, bigger twisted German Johnson. It's a, that's, that's an interesting a, name you yeah. think about. Your big Johnson yeah. you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yep. Anyway, German Johnson. That's a uh, that's a good sandwich tomato, you it's know. A good sandwich yeah. tomato, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I that's that's what I always grow tomatoes for. It's like that first Are you a BLT guy or more of a burger? I, I, I like it uh mayo clean. And clean. Yeah. Clean. Yep, just just Slice of just tomato. Duke, Duke's mayonnaise. Duke's mayo. Yeah. It's got to be Duke's. Salt. <laughs> Salt, maybe pepper, maybe pepper, That's and a couple it. of pieces of bread. White, out of- white bread, Wonder bread. bread, something like yeah. that. You know, Soft crappy, the crappy old bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Something's yeah. gonna melt in your mouth. Wonder bread yeah. is like the crackers of bread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the salty. I haven't bread really seen that. Wonder bread in a long time, but was, that, but that yeah. kind of that kind of Wonder bread. They were a sponsor in Talladega the, Nights, and they had the Wonder. He drove the Wonder bread car. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. I'm, I'm in the movie. I yeah. had a, one line. Yeah, but yeah, I remember Wonder bread was. Yeah. Last time I was in the store, I saw. So confused me. There's Wonder Bread. It's still there. Like it, they still have it at the yeah, store. Yeah. But they have a whole wheat Wonder Bread that is just white. Huh. Oh yeah. I don't know how where the wheat is or yeah. what, where it's hiding. Wheat white. Yeah. But it's like whole wheat Wonder Bread, and it's still just like starch <laughs> white, like, like it's been bleached. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. I'm growing tomatoes now. I picked them up all at your place. Yeah. In the tomato towers, the red ones. Yeah. And they're just skyrocketed. They're yeah. six, seven feet tall now. I don't nice. know what to do. I'm climb it to the sky or yeah. something. But. <laughs> I saw a tomato plant. Um, a customer brought a picture in one year and they'd done, you can grow tomatoes in a, in a straw bale. And so you, you basically, you, you open up the middle of the straw bale and you, and you put a handful of soil in and you plant your tomato in it. And then, and then you go over to the third, third marks and you open it up and you put a cup of nitrogen fertilizer and then you then you put lime on the top of it, and the the nitrogen fertilizer starts eating at the bale of of wheat straw, decomposing it, and then the roots finally hit the nitrogen. He had it on a on a cable outside of a paint shop, and so probably not going to be the healthiest tomatoes ever. But the sidewall on the paint shop, he said, was twenty feet, and it was four feet over the over the wall so it was a 24 foot tomato plant and it had tomatoes he's strapping it on this cape like a twisted like a power line cable (laughs) Um, and and it's and it was clean up 24 feet and usually when i tell people that they're like 
Yeah, I don't think so. But but tomato plant tomatoes are vines. I mean, they're so. What should I do if I want to cap it off and say enough's enough? You can just you can just start trimming the top of it. Trim the top of it. Yeah, it'll it'll fill into. Yeah, and the other thing you can do is you can trim the top of it and then start some later tomatoes because you know tomatoes will kind of get to the point where they're overgrown and they they get too dry and they kind of they kind of start to die out. But you can just take a take a snip off the top of it and stick it in the soil. Oh, yeah. And and root root a whole new tomato plant. So then you've got tomatoes that are going into late fall. You can pick them green. You know, you plant a tomato plant now or in in July, and you'll have green tomatoes going into November, December. So stem those, put them right in the ground. No need to yep. put them in a mason jar and let you, the water root no, them out. They just put them in. A, just in put the them stem. right in the ground, and then and then keep them saturated until they kind of take hold. And that's where I'm at. I'm digging like have digging. No pun intended, but. <laughs> Cutting, snipping, snippets, and regrowing things, and keeping yeah. the cycle going with with a lot of things, right? Yeah, uh, veggies, yeah, peppers. It's, it's, yeah. it's tons of fun too. It's, yeah, it's you know I I always say if if you if you get bored watching a, t- a tadpole grow legs or a plant grow roots, there's something wrong with you. I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah. and I used to do that when I was a kid. I'd take boxwoods and stick them in the you know just stick them in a in a sand bed, and then and then you go and pull them out, and they've got all these fresh roots growing out yeah. of it. I mean, it's it's kind of an amazing. Yeah, scenario. I picked up some, I think, snapdragons, the yeah. tall growing flower, yep. and planted them in the backyard. And then the rabbits got a hold of them, but I cut yeah. some of the tops off. And my wife was like, "Let me put that in a jar and just just watch. And all of yeah. a sudden, it rooted out in the kitchen. Yeah. And I'm now like, I was like, "Oh, idea! I'm gonna get the re- anyway." Yeah. So I found a way to to deal with that. Yep, that's no, perfect. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, man, this has been a lot of fun. So absolutely. Didn't you do a podcast episode about growing a veggie garden recently? We, we did. Yeah. Yep. So that'd be a good one to go check out. Yeah. The podcast yeah. is called In the Garden. Keith Ramsey, and in that episode, did you talk about like a raised bed or any of? Yeah, we talked about a couple, yeah, a lot of different ways of growing it. Yeah, that'd be fun to check out. Yeah, and uh, where's your? What's your address so people can it's go check you out? Fourteen twenty one Old Apex Road in Cary. Fourteen twenty one Old Apex Road. And you look a little like Dave Ramsey. Is there any relationship there? <laughs> yeah, there's not. I've actually I stood next to a paper cutout of him, and I agree with some of some of his uh, philosophies for sure. <laughs> do you look like? Do you think you look like him? A little bit. Yeah. 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 Maybe we're maybe we're related somehow or another. Yeah, long lost brothers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're both good with growing things. So yeah, yeah exactly. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, Keith. This has been a ton of fun. Absolutely, thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Have a great day. Grow it. This show is produced at Podcast Carry, a professional studio making podcasting simple and fun. Located in Vibe Coworking in Cary, North Carolina. Want to start a podcast to create great content for your business and establish yourself as a thought leader in your city? Go to podcastcarry.com, connect with your audience, grow your brand. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today? 